Welcome to Houndsy, the Steel Army podcast. I'm Dan Yost. With me today in the Steel Army Lounge, we got Yak, and we're here to discuss the, the season opener against Memphis coming up here just later on this, this evening. Yak, what's good, man? Morning, Yost. Happy holidays to those who celebrate. Uh, today, Yost, I watched my Duquesne basketball team finally end mercifully what is possibly the worst season in like 20 years for them. So I'm very pumped that the Riverhound season is just around the corner now. I I followed a little bit of that game. Was that Rhode Island? Yeah, that was their opponent. Uh, did the last five minutes of that game take forever? That is that is a symptom of college basketball as a whole, is that the last two minutes can take as long as like the last 38 minutes, the previous 38 minutes. Yeah, I was following along online, and then I thought that maybe they just stopped giving like updates on the game, and then I just found out it was the last few minutes, like from the last TV timeout, took a good half hour to play, what, four some minutes of, of basketball. But now the the Duke season's over, uh, Pitt basketball season's over, Bob uh, basketball Bob season's out. over. No more, no more college hoops, uh, at least for the men, in Western Pennsylvania D1 athletics. But that's good because we're here to talk about some professional soccer. And luckily, uh, on this, the the St. Patrick's Day observed, we have the season opener where the Hounds, so the, the boys are down in Memphis tonight to go play a little bit of a little footy on a baseball field. Game's kicking off at 7 o'clock. You're going to be able to catch that either on ESPN Plus, anywhere in the country, or if you're watching locally here in uh, Western Pennsylvania, you'll be able to catch it on 22 The Point. Check list it, listings for what station that that's going to be on. And uh, yeah, after a, a month of scrimmages and an off season of roster building and bringing back a pretty in depth uh, returning list for the Hounds this year, we're getting ready to to kick this off here in just a few hours. Yak, what's your your first thoughts on uh, on this season as we're ready to get it rolling? Super excited that a I'm gonna be able to recognize most of the team's players finally to begin the year, and uh, I just want to I just want to get it started. I think this team is really talented, and I hope for one that we avoid the traditional terrible start to the year that the Hounds are so well known for doing. And I I think we all wish like wish that to happen. We'll save I have thoughts about that. We'll save that when we get to the, the Hounds part of this preview show. Um, but let's kick it off by talking about the opponents. That's going to be Memphis, uh, formerly Memphis 901 FC, as they like to, to be known in the in their official business holdings. They are head coached by Ben Perman. Uh, he's back for his second full season. He joined midway through the 2020 season, where he came from Detroit City, who is now new to the league. So there's going to be a, a bit of a storyline when Memphis and Detroit City face each other. Yak, what what stood out to you about Memphis coming from this past season into this year? What what was the offseason headline for you about Memphis? Well, I've I've complained about the Riverhounds before about how there was a lot of roster turnover, especially after when we had such a good year in 2019, and it seemed that a lot of our big players go. Memphis just about let everybody go. Uh, as far as I can tell, they're returning about five players that got any significant time. They really are starting from scratch here. Um, So it's going to be, it remains to be seen 
how well all their new parts are going to mesh together. Yeah, only five returning players. Uh, uh, maybe most notably of that, their starting goalkeeper, uh, Burner, is back this year. A couple other pieces. Not all that, I, as I can tell, the stats were not even starters last year. Um, although, I mean, obviously Bob has done the same thing. You're bringing guys back for what you think will do for you next year, not what they did for you last year. Any any of any of these players that stick out to you? What do you have anyone that's on your list of who to who to look out for? I got a couple names listed down here. If you don't have them, one of the new signings is uh, a forward named Derek Dodson. Uh, he's a he's a pretty young dude. He was drafted by Orlando last season, but he was loaned to Hartford, so we saw him plenty. Yes. Um, he's a really fast young kid. He scored against us when he when he made his pro debut. He was on a bit of a tear. To start off the season, he scored like three goals in his first four games or something. Um, I expect him to start. He scored twice in their most recent preseason game against the University of Memphis. Um, he's probably one of the bigger players to look out for. Um, another forward is David Egbo, who played for Phoenix last year. He's a, he's a big dude. It sounds like they're going to make him out to be like a Steven Dos Santos type. Big big guy, a menace in the box, a holding player. Um for his uh, for the rest of the forward and midfielding core, um, those are probably the two forwards I'd say to look out for the most. Yeah, the the couple guys I mentioned on on my notes here, both listed as midfielders, one more attacking than the other. One, Luis Fernandez, he is coming. He was formerly of Atlanta. He was signed last year by Tampa Bay, but got hurt early in the year. Didn't play a whole lot. Saw a few, a little bit of minutes late in the year, so he ended up being kind of a role guy um, for Tampa Bay. But yeah, before that was with MLS out of Atlanta. Before that was with the Kickers, Richmond. So he, he knows the USL landscape pretty well. Uh, not the not the biggest guy, but really clean on the feet. Can hold up a ball pretty well. And then the air person I was looking at is Aaron Malloy. He was one of the top USL League One midfielders last year out of Madison. The year before that, in 2020, he was with the Timbers organization and, and spent most of the year playing for the Timbers too. Again, solid, solid player. Not the most physical, but he's going to be able to pull some strings in the midfield. So I think those are, to me, probably the two bigger signings that Memphis will have this year. We'll see how that all gets together. Anything else about Memphis that sticks out to you right now? I did see that Malloy signing before um, when I was trying to look up some of these players. Uh, he led the league in both passes completed and recoveries. Uh, what, last year for, for League One. Yeah, he led the entire league in it. So that's pretty interesting. That, that seems like a pretty crafty guy. Um, so maybe that is somebody that we should really pay attention to. It's probably kind of... Head charges the midfield from the back there. Yeah. Uh, in terms of what other people are saying about about Memphis, if you listen to our, our season preview show, we talked about the the as the odds makers have it, the the playoff teams in the in the East. Memphis is listed as sixth. Uh, John Al of USL Tactics has Memphis rated eighth in the East right now. So. If you take those two uh, points of data for what they're worth, their Memphis is a solid middle of the Eastern table 
bubble playoff team. Again, as we mentioned before, a lot of turnover from the from last year's roster. Uh, so we, with that turnover comes a lot of question marks. You know what the individual pieces can do. Will they come together as as the sum greater than their parts and make it work? Uh, uh, Pyramid, when he came over from Detroit, he he leveled out Memphis pretty quickly in 2020 because they were pretty rudderless at that time. And then last year made them respectable, but again, just wasn't quite all there. And now he's been given another year at the helm to see what he can do. Roster-wise, it looks solid, not great. It looks like they have some money to spend, but but obviously not one of the, the bigger spenders in the in the East, like maybe at Tampa or Louisville. And it looks like they, yeah, will be a bubble playoff team. They've definitely improved more so than I thought before we came on here. I thought they just kind of like limped in haphazardly last year into the playoffs, but they had a pretty good year, even if their division was kind of weak. It just it's just been so long since we've played them. We even played them since 2019 and they were just a mess that season. Um so they've they've really improved from just being a uh, a drag on the conference to gunning from to mediocrity to respectability now. So they're they're building something slowly but surely. It helps that they're not starting a 42 year old at goalkeeper anymore. Yeah, he's he's gone a little bit off the for being very visible when when the team was started. He's been a little little out of the out of the limelight lately. Does he still work for the Premier League, Tim Howard? I assume he still does uh, like halftime reports for the American broadcasts. I have NBC. I have not watched any Premier League this year. I've been so busy watching. With a lot of the ten o'clock games, I'm watching Reading on my laptop. I have not watched a ton of Premier League, so I don't know. Which is going to make us sound like an idiot to a lot of people listening right now who are going to scream it that we should know the how the answer about what Tim Howard's been doing. But what he's not been doing is talking about Memphis 901 FC for a whole lot. Uh, they've tweeted about him recently, so I'm assuming he actually is still in the front office in, in some capacity, but not doing the media availability apparently. He's definitely still in the ownership group. Yeah, as a uh, a fairly large minority owner. But I mean, is he actually still the the GM or the you know technical director, whatever phrase they're using for that? Don't really know. I... You mentioned the last time they met. The last time the Hounds and Memphis met, that was September twenty fourth, twenty nineteen. One nil victory to the good guys. Do you remember who scored the goal for for the Hounds that night? Uh, that would be one, Mister Joseph Greenspan. Joseph Greenspan in the fifteenth minute, and it held up for the for the remaining seventy five minutes. And that's only one of two meetings that they've had with the Hounds. Uh, both that year in twenty nineteen, Hounds are two zero and zero against Memphis Lifetime, and if you remember correctly. That first meeting with Memphis, that was the infamous Helms were up and then the downpour came. Yep. Before the 70th minute and the game had to be replayed. And then there were some talks that Memphis may or may not have had the grounds crew leave or like go home early so they couldn't couldn't get the field in shape to play again. That's just a rumor. 
Is it a rumor that you just made up right now? No, 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 no. That's I've never heard it before. No. Oh, yeah. There's there was some accu- accusations leveled that that the ground ground crew just went missing during the the downpour and were not around to actually get the field playable, trying to force the the cancellation. It luckily did not work because they did win that game. It did the, not. It did not work uh, in the long term. It worked on the night because they 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 didn't finish the game obviously. So uh, thank you, Memphis, for potentially having to do another flight down. Down for well, I mean, if you're going down to get another uh, plate of barbecue, so it wouldn't be the worst trip you could make. Two rosters from that team on that night uh, in September. The only player who still plays for the Hounds is Kenny, Kenny Forbes. Forbes he was right? on late. And the only player from Memphis who played was, uh, where is he at? His midfielder, uh, Leston Paul, who I think is now their captain. Was the only two players who played who are still on the teams. Completely new from the last time you've seen them. USL roster turnover, man. That's what happens. What a beaut. I mean, it's somewhat surprising that all those years later, Bob still has one person from a team from three years ago. Team that won the conference, I would I like I like I said at the top of the pod, I would have thought we would have tried to bring back more players, but that's neither here nor there at this point. Yeah, that's good. The roster we got now should kick some ass. Uh, that's the that's the plan. That's the hope. Speaking of a roster that cook could and hopefully will kick a little ass, the Hounds are ready to start playing a little soccer. Uh, after a somewhat, I would would you call that preseason successful? Yes. What what do you consider a successful preseason? Beat all your college teams handily. Don't get injured. Look good against the pro teams. And score goals. Yeah, I would say the ability to put the ball in the net should be shown in the preseason at the very least. I think they did all those very well. They checked all those boxes. To me, the most important box is, is the don't get hurt. Don't have injuries. And unless the Hounds are hiding an injury from us, they su- successfully escaped the preseason without anyone going into the physio room for long-term injuries. So I'm going to call the preseason, preseason a success. Now, this last uh, tune-up match before Memphis this week was against WVU down at Highmark. Nick Noble was in the house. The starting lineup for the Hounds this past Saturday was Vosvik, Rivera, Jelani Peters, Ordonez, Wheat, Dixon, Griffin, Yabera, Forbes, Ciceroni, and Dane Kelly. Is this your expectation to be the starting lineup later today against Memphis on a baseball field? It's probably as close to a starting 11 as I would guess. Um, is there anybody who you think that should be off of it or is, is left off of that top 11 there? That seems like a pretty... High quality squad right there. It does. Uh, the name that's annoying because I'm going back to the one preseason game that I was able to watch. You were down there as well. Robbie Drambot really, speaking of Duquesne as well, uh, Robbie Drambot really impressed Dan me Rod. that day. Dan, yeah, I think I'm, put, I'm throwing an R in there for no reason. He impressed me on, on the day. I want to see more of him. If he's coming off the bench, so be it. Uh, he was just the name that, that really stuck out. After watching that game, so I I'm gonna have my antennas up to to see what what he does. 
but assuming he's not going to be your starter, again, the, really the only name on, on this list, I don't, we don't know Ardonia's, but he looks like a like an athlete. Yabera came in later. And I, I didn't think about Ordonez. Now that I think about it, he probably, I would, I personally would have him starting, probably over Shane Wheat if I had to venture a guess. I think they play both. They both mostly play the center back position. I got a feeling they're going to be. Part, I think they're going to be partnered together. They're going to be best buddies this year. Okay, which is cute because they played together at Pitt. I mean, if you get yeah, if you get Jelani, Arturo, and Shane as your your lockdown three of your center backs, if you're playing three center backs. You got some height. You got a little bit of skill there. Uh, Wheat, oh, it's not the the taller of the two, but Ardunias and, and Peters, those are two nice targets for the the corner kicks and the set pieces into the box. Um, again, uh, I guess the one name I don't feel comfortable with just because I I haven't had a chance to watch him yet was Mark Yabera. He was announced the day before that preseason game. And I didn't have time to figure out, you know, oh, without having numbers to work with, oh, that person is this is this guy that was just announced. So I didn't do a great job of following what he was doing on the game. So my only concern, I guess, what, what, my concerns with him, just because I'm not familiar with him. And then... He looked all right in the preseason game I went to against uh, Louisville. Out of all the recent caller signings, I thought he was the best. Although it was, I want to say overwhelmed, but it's different from playing against West Virginia where he scored and against Louisville, the possibly top team in the Eastern Conference. It's a bit different, but he looked the most ready out of all the very recent fresh out of college signings that we had that all played in that game against Louisville. So assuming that's your, your starting lineup, you know, who who do who do you think is your your guys coming off the? Assuming okay, let's, let me put it this way: that's your starting eleven. The Hounds yeah. are are leading in the sixty fifth minute. Who is Bob looking to to come come off the bench to preserve a lead? Angelo Kelly, is he starting? I don't I don't think he started right. No, he would not be on this lineup. He's not starting. Okay, Angelo Kelly's got to be around there. Um, because that was the, that was actually the name that stuck out to me as being the that would come off the bench. Dan Brot would be a strong sign, uh, strong off the bench there. I'm not sure. Was that his typical spot in Loudon, or was he a starter at Loudon? I um, not going to pretend like I know that. <laughs> Uh, would you put Would you put Borso in the eighteen? Our Our young academy signing. I off the bench to to off the bench trying to trying to preserve a lead. Probably not. If we're chasing one, maybe. Although I think Yang uh, is my first choice, but we will see. But if we're preserving, I think, yeah, uh, uh, Rosales Kelly is is the guy I'm looking to first off the off the bench. And then maybe the two defenders, the uh, the Trinidadian duo, Mikhail Williams and Jesse Williams. Yes, the the not brothers Williams. 
whoever whoever is the main USL writer, um, I can't think of Nicholas Murray. His name is Tom. Yeah, he's really high on Jesse Williams. You think he's gonna be a be a star for for the team at some point this season? I hope so. I forget. I think it's just his first pro. I think it's his first pro contract, so we're gonna kind of see where he's coming from. But um, he's he's very high on him. He put him on a list of like ten young players to watch out for this season or something. I'll have to retweet that then. I I had a little back and forth with him, saying uh, anytime he he puts something out there, we all we need to be reading it. We need to be clicking it, except for the power rankings. And then he of course chimed in. Well, what's the one thing that people actually click on? It's the damn power rankings. So the power rankings came out the other day as well, and we're not retweeting those because I promised Nicholas Murray we will not read your power rankings. We will get those numbers down. We'll get the numbers of your other actual stories up. So if you're listening to this, power ranking talk. Yeah. So if you're listening to this, don't click on the power. Don't click on the power rankings. Any other story that Nicholas Murray puts out for the USL, read that. Give that a click. Take the clicks away from the power rankings, and then if we all do this, he won't be asked to keep doing power rankings. And he will thank us for that because I don't think that's what he wants to be doing with this time. So what are your, what's your concerns? What's your, your hesitation? What, what gives you pause as we're now hours away from this season kicking off as it relates to the Hounds? Even though we finished really high in terms of, uh, goals allowed last season in the Eastern Conference. It always felt like a weak spot, in my opinion, was kind of defense. Watching a couple of the preseason games, we looked a little slow on the sides, the, the wingback position. And in previous seasons, that used to be like Jordan Dover and, and Ryan James territory, right? And both those guys would be able to fly to such degree on the on the outside that we're basically playing with more midfielders because those guys have the speed to go push forward and come all the way back on defense, like using that five, five in the back system that Bob has. I'm not thrilled with how fast it looks like our players are this season. Hopefully it's just, it was just a two, one or two game thing that I was just misjudging, but that's kind of the biggest holdup I saw. Yeah, Bob, I mean, he's never had massively, Paced back line. I mean, Ryan James, obviously. But then, again, I think Dambrot, he looked really pacey down that that left flank. But again, if he's not starting, then that doesn't help you much. But He'd be more of a... He'd be more of the midfielder guy, right? Dambrot's not a defender, I don't think. I mean, he was getting all... He was getting all the way back... He was getting all the way back there against Louisville. Hmm. But it looked like... I mean... it, It looked like it, you know... When they're out of possession, he was part of a part of a five back uh, back line, and then in in with the ball, he was getting he was getting forward a lot. But we will have to see. Um, Where's your concerns? What what makes you hold up? Keep, keep, keep goalkeeping. Up at night. Goalkeeping has has cost me a, at least fifteen minutes of sleep so far this off season. It's just lack of experience. Uh, Silva does have a, has a handful of games with, with Toronto, too. He was a victim of Toronto not really being able to play in the USL in the COVID era. And then you have Vosvik, who it looks like will be the starter, but is, this will be his first professional minutes on Saturday, uh, on uh, against Memphis if he does start. 
So not a whole lot of experience in the goalkeeping core. If things just if it starts to go south for whatever reason, I just I'm afraid of having two guys look at each other basically shrugging their shoulders because they don't know what to do in this situation. Even if you had the the a more veteran guy who wasn't your starter but was just in there to be the calming presence, I'd feel better about that. Uh, again, knowing Bob, if if it all you know went sideways, he, he'd be bringing someone else in, you know, ASAP to make it work. But maybe if I just see you know get a couple games, see what they're doing, calm the nerves, that'll make me feel better. But outside of watching one game. Where they only gave up one one goal, and ironically, the goal was early enough in the game. I was still in the parking lot, parking my car when it happened, so I haven't actually seen this team give up any goals. But it just it was nervy goalkeeping from what I saw. So that's what happened between. An, I think a difference between an average goalkeeper in this league and a and a good one uh, when it comes to Bob's system is probably not going to make a ton of difference. I. I don't think about who's back there too often. Now, perhaps I'm saying that moments before disaster. What's but I've, I'm not concerned either one. I think I think Vosvik is probably the starter as well. It's probably a little, it's probably up in the air. They might be dueling for a little bit, but it's just not something that I'm thinking too too hard about. And it's funny that I said it because I've been the biggest proponent of. Their system. Yeah, you were the one in the Discord. I'm all about their system goalkeepers. It doesn't matter. It's you know, Bob just wants a certain style and he'll make it work. He'll he'll he would take the most athletic personnel to army, and that guy could win a a game in net for the Hounds because of, of Bob's system. So with me saying all to... that during the offseason, for me to be the person going, well, the uh, the keeper position has me a little concerned. Is I admit a bit ironic. We've come full circle. But it's the, it's the dumb things you worry about hours before the, the season starts. All the all the hype, all the all the concern, all the expectations, you're at least for me, I'm just I'm always wave, waiting for that other shoe to drop and the, the whole thing is the fall flat. So I'm looking for that where the fault will lie, instead of being optimistic about what is as we should all know when we think about it realistically, a very, very strong lineup, a very, very strong uh, squad and a, what looks to be a pretty deep squad. Any other thoughts about this Memphis Hounds game coming up here later this evening? hope nobody gets injured down there. I hope nobody tweaks a knee. On a on baseball the field, stupid freaking dirt of the baseball pitch. Um, I, I like our chances. Are, you, are we ready for predictions or not quite yet? I was I wasn't going to do formal predictions. If you have something you want to throw out there, I'm not going to stop you. But I the I was not going to pose the question. I think we can. I think we're going to run away with this game. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna go super optimistic. Three nothing in and out of Memphis. All right. You got Yaks. Yaks good for three. I'm not giving predictions. That's it's uh, not what I'm going to do. Uh, my prediction is I'm going to be annoyed watching watching the Hounds play on the baseball field for the first time 
first time, May the last time we played on a baseball field was, it might have been this Memphis last time. Uh, we played at Louisville. No, their, their new no, stadium would have been open already. In 2020, the stadium was open. The playoff game against Louisville was at the Hounds. We didn't I, host that. In 2020, we didn't host that game. Yeah, no, no, in 2019. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that game was at Highmark. And the regular season game with Louisville was earlier before this Memphis game. I think the last time the Hounds played on a baseball field was in Memphis. It's been that wow. long. And let me tell Just you, I, think I, I, haven't I missed almost it. missed it entirely. I have not missed it at all. And then as we were discussing there at night, this is going to be the one of three baseball fields the Hounds will be on this year. They're going to be this one, Tulsa, and New Mexico. So after not doing baseball fields for a couple years, getting three of them on the road this year. A lot fewer than it used to be. The The league is making uh, a lot of good progress trying to get as many teams off of baseball fields as possible. But then they'll also... So they'll be on three actual baseball fields, and they'll be on two former baseball fields. Do you know... Do you the keep, Rowdies. The Rowdies is one. Who else plays on a baseball field? A former baseball I assume field. It's like a, I assume it's like an old situation like like the Timbers Park is because it was a baseball field in like nineteen. It's just it's just like Tampa situation. It used to be a baseball field. I uh I don't know. You'd have to tell me. Las Vegas. Oh, that's right. They're Cashman they Field. A, the the minor league team doesn't play there anymore. No, they built their own. They built uh their own a new stadium. I think it's just called the Las Vegas Ballpark. You know, waiting for naming rights to come in. And I have not been in it yet, but I'm told it is spectacular. Speaking of, just to go down this little side path, do you, do you remember the video coming out when the lights took over Cashman Field all to themselves and they posted this video of them taking down the foul poles? Did you see this I'm video? I'm not aware, no. Okay. No, with the spectacular? Oh, so they're, 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 they have, they're sawing off these the foul poles. They have them tied off at the top with like a crane to lift them out when they get cut. So they're cutting them from the base. The guy cuts it and the thing just starts spinning wildly, like out of control. And they post this video of Twitter, like proudly showing that they're taking down the foul poles from, from Cashman Stadium, Cashman Field, whatever it is. And then everyone else from other teams starts tagging OSHA in the replies. <laughs> it was one of those like low-key, beautiful, lower league soccer social media moments they think they're showing up this great video and everyone's just tagging osha to get him in trouble i loved it thanks for posting a video where it looked like somebody probably should have died guys well done i mean there's there's the thing it started spinning like wildly out of control not just like swaying a little bit it was like someone twisted the rope up tied it to the foul pole cut it loose and just let it go crazy it was beautiful. I gotta see this. You gotta you gotta post this somewhere. And I mean, it's probably. I mean, probably here. it's it's like two years old now. You have to go way back in the archive to find it. Or maybe, if, maybe if you like Twitter search Las Vegas Lights OSHA, you'll start getting hits. I don't know. Well, with that crazy detour off of what's supposed to be a Memphis Hounds game, we will we'll start wrapping this thing up. Things to remember, there is not one, but two different watch parties tonight. 
The Steel Army is having our watch party at Bulldog Pub on the Morningside uh, near the zoo. The Hounds are going with Mike's Beer Bar. That is literally right across the street from PNC Park. We don't care which one you get to. Just get to one of them, assuming you have not celebrated the St. Patrick's Day too hard and you are of sound mind to, to get to one of those bars. If not, make sure you get in front of a TV somewhere. Again, it's ESPN Plus anywhere in the country. It is, uh, well, it could be could be ESPN Plus here in Pittsburgh as well, but you could also turn on 22 The Point and find it on, on traditional TV. A couple other reminders. We're still getting the signups for the Detroit away trip. That trip is is growing by the day in terms of how many people are going out there. It's looking like it's going to be a real, real solid day of, of, of good times. Next Saturday, next Friday will be the the AGM slash All Hounds Eve. That's also going to be a Bulldog Pub. Good news: the scarves this year's membership scarves have come in. I have saw I saw pictures of them. We are in possession of them. They look great. The cheap sunglasses that come with your membership this year they look great. The membership cards this year we went with a, a nice thicker stock. They're also looking great. Again, we have this the nice. Uh, faux Nickelodeon theme running through them, so I'm excited to get them passed out. And then next Saturday is the home opener proper against Hartford. Tailgate's going to be starting at noon, and the kickoff is at 7. So next weekend is is a full Friday and Saturday of, of hounds, hounds in your face, hounds in your bloodstream. Uh, Yak, what, uh, what are your final thoughts here? I'm going to try my best to stop by Mike's Beer Bar, see what it is, um, how how into the Riverhounds they're going to make it out to be, and maybe get a head count or something super early before I come back to Bulldogs this Saturday or tonight. But uh, I make no promises because the day is going to be very long for me. I totally understand it. And, again, I we we – we hope you get to one of the two watch parties. Obviously, we're going to be at, at Bulldog. I have had plenty of, of beverages at Mike's. It is a fine establishment. It is a good bar. There is nothing wrong with the place. I hope if you get down there, you're going to have a good time. Especially when you don't have to worry about uh, any baseball traffic or, or congestion to worry about. It's going to be uh, a really good setting, I think, for, for, for these watch parties. So either bar that you go to, I think it's going to be a good time. I hope you... Make it out to, to at least one of them. If you're crazy enough to try and make it to both, that's even more more power to you. And then we will be back between this home opener or this season opener and the home opener next year. We'll be back to uh, to chat up what happens again in Memphis and then preview what's going to happen against Hartford back at Highmark Stadium. And uh, Yak, if you got nothing else, should we take this bad boy home? Send me home, Yost. All right, let's do it. We'd like to thank the beautiful Game Network for providing the online hosting of Houndsy. Check out the wealth of soccer content being produced weekly at bgn.fm. The Houndsy theme music was composed and performed by Rocket Men and the Space Babies. Check them out at facebook.com slash spacebabiespgh. The show is produced by Joe Majorak. Email the show at steelarmypgh at gmail.com and put podcast in the subject line. All complaints about the show can be sent to Nick dot noble at mail dot wvu dot edu i've been told he's not been received any emails yet which means this show is perfect 
Thank you all for listening, and we'll be back again soon. Peace.